Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Grunge Bible Podcast. This week, we have episode number 15. My name is Chris Salona. My co-host, Ethan Shalloway, is MIA this week. Uh, He is actually out in Eugene, Oregon, uh, competing at the United States Track and Field Olympic Trials in the Javelin Throw. So it's a little difficult to simultaneously do a podcast and uh, compete with the best individuals in the country at your given athletic discipline. So we're going it alone this week. Um, Still have some good content to come your way. So I hope everybody is doing fantastically well out there. I'm hanging in there. Not as tired as I typically am, uh, even though I was not well-rested at all this weekend, but the show goes on, as they say. So this week, we've got a good episode. Um, First week of summer, June 21st, longest day of the year. Summer is officially here, despite the universe's best efforts to keep it from happening once again. Um, Let's hope that this summer is a little bit better than last summer, 2020. Uh, All gas, no breaks in 2021 in summer. So I'm really excited for it. Uh, Concerts are coming back, as we spoke about last week. Got a lot of good music. And for me, one of the best places to enjoy music is in the summertime and one of the best locations during the summertime to enjoy music is behind the wheel of a car or in a car. I love doing road trips. Uh, I've been known to road trip pretty frequently heading over to Ethan uh, because we don't live in the same area. So usually every summer we try to try to sneak a road trip in and I'm usually the traveler, um, you know, hop in the car and get some tunes ready. And, and that's always a big moment there to curate your um, your road trip playlist. So this week I'm going to count down my top 10 grunge driving songs. Now this list is um, subject to change as soon as the episode ends. It was probably different in my head this morning as opposed to 10 minutes ago when I finished writing down the final uh, curation of it. Um, You're probably going to disagree with it. You're going to have some different opinions, and I would love to hear them. Uh, They are correct for you, just as these are correct for me. But honestly, if we're talking about consumption of music, there's really nothing better, um, you know, than getting in the car, you know, turning that volume all the way up and just blasting your favorite tunes with the windows down in the summertime. I think that's one of the biggest tests of, you know, of a song or of an album is if it sounds good in the car, um, you know, that is, uh, that's really where music in my opinion can cut its teeth. It's either that or late at night when you need it to need it to hit you hard in the feels, but really excited to get into this list. And as always, this episode of the grunge Bible podcast is brought to you by our grunge Bible five, top five, top level Patreon supporters, Alexis Shannon, Sonny Mashburn, Victor Schaefer, Shannon Gargone, and release. So to you five, thank you for sustaining us as well. Uh, you have been with us for a long time now. It's weird to think that it's this is the 15th week of the podcast. Um, things are rolling along and we're really, really appreciative for uh, your support and for everybody's support who's listening, commenting, sharing, everything like that. Um, I know I speak for Ethan as well when I say that it's been very enjoyable so far and you know we hope that we're getting a little better at it each week and we're certainly enjoying it more each week and we hope you are too. Um, It's a great outlet just to share in the music that we enjoy so much but without further ado I believe it is time to get into my list. So we're going to go from 10 all the way down to 1 to the definitive undisputed champion of grunge driving songs but checking in at the 10 slot for me is uh, one of my favorite songs off of this EP, and it is No Excuses by Alice in Chains. And the reason why this one makes the list, um, you know, that Jar of Flies record did such a good job, you know, merging um, 
acoustic, electric, you know, and all of the instruments, the bass guitar and the drums. And, and for this one, that little drum beat that, that Sean Kenny does at the beginning, um, you know, just really kind of gets you going. And I love that acoustic tune half step down, uh, Jerry Cantrell bringing it to you. And, and the little, the little phrases of electric guitar that he brings in, um, you know, after the chorus is just really kick it for me. And I think the one commonality for all of these songs on this list for me are, you know, if the tempo's up there, if it's really easy to sing, uh, and to sing poorly in the car, uh, because let's face it, that's the best part about being in the car listening to music is to have a car concert. And this one certainly fits the bill for that. Um, I think the lyrics are really, really great. It's got one of my favorite lyrics, um, you know, probably out of the entire genre. Um, and it's Jerry Cantrell writing this song. And, and the lyric goes, you, my friend, I will defend. And if we change, well, I love you anyway. And I believe he's on record as really kind of talking about the fact that 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 part was written as a kind of ode to Lane Staley and an ode to their friendship in the sense that, you know, life's changing and, you know, everything's going on. But at the end of the day, you know, those people that are special to you, they were special to you at one point in your life. So they're always going to have that space, you know, in your hearts and in your minds. And, you know, even if you change, I've still got your back. And I think um, that can be applied to a lot of our lives with our friends. And, you know, as we grow older, you know, Ethan and I were in our mid twenties. Um, so, you know, we're moving to different places where we might not be in the same location as people. Um, but, and we're changing, you know, we change every day. We, uh, we all do, but at the end of the day, your friends are still your friends, but it's a great driving song. Um, checking in at my number 10 position on top 10 grunge driving songs. So moving up one slot to number nine, Nirvana makes an appearance. I realize we haven't spoken a whole lot about Nirvana on this podcast. So, um, we're going to have to change that. Um, I, I know I'm on record personally and I can't speak for Ethan here because he does, uh, feel differently than me, but I've never been a big Nirvana fan. I don't know why, I think Kurt Cobain's awesome. Dave Grohl is one of the greatest people on the face of the planet. And Chris Novoselic is just incredible with his energy. Um, but for some reason, Nirvana just doesn't do it for me in the way that other the other bands do. But nevertheless, my number nine song on this list is On a Plane by Nirvana. Um, that is off of ne the Nevermind record. And I just love the energy that it brings. Um, you know, Kurt, Dave, and Chris, like, they got together, especially live. I mean, they just brought this unmitigated energy and chaos, particularly, you know, in 1990, 91, and then, you know, maybe the early parts of 92, uh, you know, once prior to, you know, Kurt really getting weary of, you know, playing huge live shows. I mean, I just picture here in this song, you know, in a club in 1990 or 1991. And, you know, it's just got that up tempo. And, and I think, you know, the hook in this one, the chorus is just, it's beautifully written. I mean, it's such a killer hook in this song. Um, and certainly it sounds great behind the wheel of the car. It's really, really easy one to sing along with. So that one definitely has a spot on my list. Moving up to number eight, one of the all time radio play Kings of the genre. Everybody knows it. Not everybody might love it anymore, but it's Plush by the Stone Temple Pilots. And I was going back and forth on whether to include Plush or Interstate Love Song, um, you know, because Interstate Love Songs, you know, really got a lot of those great elements, too, with the up-tempo and, you know, the great chorus and everything. But Plush, I don't know. It's just, 
when the drums come in and that iconic guitar riff at the beginning uh, and Eric Kretz on the drums there, I, I just think it's, there's a reason why this is their most popular song. Um, there's a reason why it sounds fantastic in most any setting. Um, love this one. This one usually makes its way into most, if not all of my summertime playlists and a lot of my road tripping playlists. So it secures its place on number eight for this list. So moving up to number seven, we're going to deviate from the uh, the big four and the uh, more popular bands. I fucking love this band. The Meat Puppets, the Brothers Meat, are going to make an appearance on this list in the number seven position. And this is the song Backwater by the Meat Puppets. I don't really know what to say other than the fact that if you've listened to this song, you know exactly what I'm talking about right here. Um, I just love the guitar in it. It's It's super, super catchy. And then... You know, the, the the little vocal harmonies they do um, is just really, really, really fantastic. I, I think I heard this one for the first time um, on the Sirius XM station, the Lithium station. I was with one of my friends in the car, so I think it's kind of tied towards that memory. But um, this is a great song. If you're behind the wheel, you, you can't play it, you know, at not maximum volume. Um, backwater. Um, something I loved about the Meat Puppets is... Their live performances, it seems like a lot of times they were not, um, their guitars were not tuned. They weren't in the correct key, but it doesn't matter. And, and I think, you know, there certainly is a place for precision in music. But I think when you're playing live, I would prefer to see a band with a lot of energy, you know, and their their A string might be tuned a little, little off or, you know, they might not be, you know, the tightest band that night. But I mean, the energy is just fantastic. And these guys brought in, they still bring it. They've been running the trail for a long, long time. Um, and this is, you know, unequivocally my favorite uh, Meat Puppets song. It's a great song, super up-tempo, so kind of keeping in that vein of the previous entries on this list. Moving up to number six, another band that's outside of the popular realm of what we would consider to be the uh, the preeminent grunge rock groups or musicians, but we've got an entry from L7, and we've been receiving some requests to... Uh, uh, to, to do an episode on the female-led or female-prevalent grunge bands. And L7 is probably one of the first bands that I think of. Um, they were just fantastic. Um, they brought so much energy. But this song, checking in on this list in the number six spot, is Shit List. And the reason why, um, if you haven't listened to this song, you really need to go and listen to it, just because the lyrics are great. Um, they go, when I get mad and when I get pissed, I grab a pen and I write down a list of all you assholes who won't be missed. You've made my shit list. And that's just fantastic. I mean, we, we all get to the point where, you know, we're getting more than we deserve from people or we're getting things we don't deserve. And honestly, sometimes you just got to write down a shit list. Um, and that's what they were talking about here. And this is just another one. It's, it's nice and up tempo. And there's, there's something about driving, uh, you know, with that up-tempo, and th these lyrics just, in my mind, fit super, super well. It's just a nice fuck you to everybody that's not riding along with you, who's not, you know, seeing eye-to-eye -eye with you. It doesn't matter, you know, you're you're heading your, you're heading your own way, you're, you're writing down their names, and you don't need them in your life anymore. So, L7 bringing the wisdom back in the early 1990s. We're going to move into our top five now. Um... It was really hard for me to rank these songs in 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 a uh, in any sort of order uh, because I think this top five could be arranged in any which way and it would be 
amazing and fantastic and important. Uh, but my number five grunge driving song is Dying Days by The Screaming Trees. So I almost had Nearly Lost You as my Screaming Trees entry, and it probably would have been a top five song as well. But Dying Days off of the Dust album, which was the last full album that the trees recorded together, I believe it came out in 1996, and it did not do nearly as commercially well as Sweet Oblivion did. Um, but Dying Days is probably, it might have the best hook and the best chorus out of any song on this list. Um, Mark Lanigan, if you've been listening to the show or if you've been following the page for, you know, any number of months or years, you know that I love Mark Lanigan and he came out with a memoir last year called Sing Backwards and Weep, um, which really, really discussed, you know, his life and his struggles and his time in the trees, uh, his time growing up and then his time shortly thereafter the trees. And if you've read that, or if you know his story, it's remarkable that, he's he was alive at this point that he's still alive now and that he was in any sort of condition to to write music and to perform music and to record music back you know i believe this was 1996 uh or around there and you know the fact that music like this was able to come out of a situation like that is is uh it doesn't make sense to me uh i'm really happy that mark is still here and he's living healthily now but dying days is one of those songs um it's just got a great hook, you know, out of all of the tension that came about um, with the screaming trees between Mark Lanigan and, uh, and, and the Connor brothers, um, they were still able to write some really, really good music. And it's always interesting to me with these bands, how there can be so much internal conflict and they can be on the brink of breakup and collapse and they can still come together and create um you know, and, and I think that's something that I always forget about with bands is that there is a business aspect to it. And, you know, just as, you know, in our lives, we have our coworkers and, you know, you may not love all of your coworkers or you might not see eye to eye with them on a lot of things. Uh, but at the end of the day, you do you do have to have a professional relationship. And I think this record in particular, uh, it took them a long time to record it. They had wanted to do a follow up to Sweet Oblivion you know, in the year afterwards, but Mark was just having too many issues with his own struggles. So, um, hence the, you know, three and a half or four year gap between sweet oblivion and dust, but dying days, I think is the crown jewel of that last trees album. It's a great driving song, really, really up tempo. It's once again, I'm a sucker for any song that, you know, leads in with, with a little acoustic before bringing in the electric guitar. And this is another one that brings, brings you in with an acoustic guitar. And then they, you know, they pick up those electric guitars, throw on those amps and, and just let it rip. Uh, this is, this is a really, really solid one. Um, number four on this list for me is hunger strike by temple of the dog. This one Temple of the Dog, Hunger Strike, that's got to be on virtually every single top 10 list I could ever think of. I think it would probably be number one on the grunge songs to sing while intoxicated list. Um, and I know I've mentioned this on the show before, but there's nothing better than if you have a friend who's with you, you guys are enjoying some beers or whatever your, uh, your liquor or alcohol of choice is, and Hunger Strike comes on, one of you grabs Ed's parts, one of you grabs Chris's part. Uh, and you just let it rip. Uh, and when you're in the car with friends, you do that too. If you're alone, you try to sing both parts at the same time, even though that's impossible. It's impossible to sound as good as they do. But this is this one is just so iconic. Um, 
and obviously the chorus i mean everybody knows this song and if you don't know it you know it after the first round through the chorus um just a great song you know the, the temple of the dog record is so so awesome to me you think about it they just came together you know a one-off tribute for andrew wood and the, these songs came about and it was really at that point that inflection point where you know pearl jam was just beginning you know eddie vetter hadn't recorded anything in seattle before you know he had just really met the guys in pearl jam mike mccready was just making his entrance back into the music scene um you had matt cameron in the mix obviously and and uh you know chris cornell who had been making a name for themselves in soundgarden but you know this 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 album was recorded you know before any of these bands really broke through i mean i think i think it came out before 10 came out before bad motor finger came out uh they they all came out in 1991 but uh the temple of the dog album predated it by about four or five months so um really funny about this one when it came out, it didn't really, you know, do a whole lot commercially or in the charts. And then when 10 broke in August of 1991 and Bad Motor Finger, you know, followed followed that up as well. Um, this one had a little bit of a rebirth, obviously. And, and, and Hunger Strike remains as the most enduring uh, bit of uh, Temple of the Dog's legacy. And this one, you know, we're talking 30 years after this thing came out and you still hear it all the time and, and people still enjoy it. And I think that's a testament uh, you know, to the power of the song and, you know, their cups already overfilled. We're going to move on up to number three here. This is a little bit of a dark horse pick. I, I don't know that this would be on anybody else's list, but I've had some personal experiences with this song, um, driving, but also running. Um, and mother love bone is finally going to make an appearance, uh, on this podcast. We've had a lot of people once again, really request that we do something with mother love bone. And I think we're going to have to, um, because you know, Andrew Wood, mother love bone, you know, the guys from Pearl jam who were in it, um, really, really special band that you can't help but think if, you know, if Andrew Wood hadn't passed away in 1990, you know, that this would have been the band or this would have been one of the bands to, uh, to really break through. Um, but my entry, the number three spot on this top 10 driving song list is from Mother Love Bone, and it is Come Bite the Apple. And I just love this song. Once again, all of the commonalities with this song is, is you know, just, just the tempo to it, the beat. And this song is just, they're just playing so tight and so cohesively. And Andrew Wood was a great songwriter, and he had a great voice, and his voice fits so well with what mother love bone were doing musically um and it's kind of this is why mother love bone is a great example of why i don't give a whole lot of credence to grunge as a genre in and of itself more more so just a geographic region because if you take this song for example this really doesn't have a ton of elements of what we would now consider to be grunge i mean it was kind of like just a conglomerate you know of arena rock definitely a lot of hair metal influence um you know and, and maybe a little bit of punk but i mean mother love bone was so distinct you know for really not even having you know released that many you know studio recordings uh you know during their lifetime they were so quickly able to carve out such a unique voice and such a distinct sound and i think that's one of the reasons why you know, people look back and even people at the time, they really thought that Mother Love Bone was going to be one of those bands to break through. You know, and when Apple came out in 1990, I think Andrew Wood passed away 
only a few days or a week before Apple came out. And, you know, that's one of the bands and, and one of the storylines that you can't help but wonder what would have happened. But um, Come Bite the Apple is probably my favorite Mother Love Bone song aside from Chloe Dancer, Crown of Thorns. But, you know, if you're looking for something up-tempo that, that just sounds good when you're moving, uh, it's got to be Come Bite the Apple. Really, really, really great tune. So this next tune on my list, we're all the way up to number two. And this one by virtue of what the song is talking about, almost has to be shooed into the top three of anybody's driving song list when it comes to grunge songs. And that would be Rearview Mirror by Pearl Jam. And this song is just a fucking banger. This one is just so intense, so much energy, so much intensity. And I think there's an Eddie Vedder quote when it comes to the lyrics is, you know, they were writing the music to it. And, you know, he was sitting in the studio uh, recording the verses album with the band. And, you know, he heard the song, he heard the music and he just, there's a quote where he says, he just kind of thought about all of the situations and all of the times where he wanted to leave. And I think that's something that's super, super relatable because inevitably we all end up in situations that we don't want to be in and it can be hard to leave. You know, it can be hard to, escape something um but this one just really kind of became like an anthem and such a emphatic taking back of of what you want to be yours uh and i just think of the lyric in this song i gather speed from you fucking with me um and then obviously once you get to the end saw things so much clearer once you were in my rear view mirror um and this song is just it's it's dynamite behind the wheel um you know, and if, if you've ever, <laughs> if you've ever been in the situation where you've needed to, uh, uh, end terminate a relationship with somebody, whoever it is, uh, this is one that you have to put on, uh, if you need that, you know, extra kick in the pants to, to follow through with it and to free yourself. And, you know, when you get to the bridge of this song, when things kind of slow down and then Ed, Ed hops in, you know, saw things clearer once you were in my rearview mirror. And then Dave Abruzis is just pouring his heart and soul out into this recording. And if I remember correctly, it took them many takes to get this one right. And they were they were getting on Dave uh, because he apparently was not drumming with enough intensity. And this last take that they got it at, if you listen to the end of the song, I'm not sure if you would know this, but if you listen to the end of the song... After he finishes, after the song ends, you can hear him take his drumsticks and throw them against the wall. And you can hear them hit the wall and fall down to the floor and kind of rattle around on the floor for a little bit. And just the intensity of that moment in the studio, the intensity of the lyrics, the intensity of the songwriting, um, they all just complement one another so well. Um, and this is, you know, almost as high octane as Pearl Jam gets. Um, and you know, that era of, you know, 1991, 92, 93, when Ed was still just so angry and had so much emotion pent up in him over the years and everything that had gone on in his life and his professional life, you know, it was still coming to a head when they went in to record verses and that album, there was so much pressure on Pearl Jam to record a great follow-up to 10 I mean, they went from this band who they were, you know, a relatively obscure band. You know, people knew of, you know, Jeff Amon and Stone Gossard, um, you know, from their work around Seattle in the, in the 80s and then, you know, 1990 or so. But, you know, they recorded 10 under relative anonymity and, you know, they broke through to become one of the bigger bands in the world in 1992. And then when they hopped back in the studio in 93, all of the pressure 
you know, accumulated. And, and I, I, I can't help but feel like this song was, you know, part of that, part of finding an outlet for all of that pressure. And, you know, we were gifted with such a great album in verses and such a great song in Rearview Mirror. So before I before I pull back the curtain on my number one grunge driving song, I've got some honorable mentions that I need to uh, need to include here, and, and and they just as well could have found their way into the eighth or ninth or tenth position, or maybe even higher. And I'm sure if you're listening out there, you've got some that are really really near to you. Some of them that I may have mentioned, and some of them that I may not have mentioned. Um, so I would love uh, love to hear your thoughts on this list and. Um, see where you think I missed the mark and see where, uh, you know, where you would rank these songs, but some honorable mentions here for me. Um, I've got corduroy by Pearl jam, uh, MFC by Pearl jam. I think that has to be on it because it's, it's about driving in a mini fast car. Um, that's a contractual obligation that this one makes a list about driving. Um, Malibu by hole definitely makes my list. Um, Additionally, I have No Rain by Blind Melon. That one I wanted to put on my list really badly, but I don't really consider Blind Melon to be a grunge band. Um, on second thought, I don't really consider any of these bands to be a grunge band because if I were making a grunge list, it would just have to all be Mud Honey songs, in which case You Gotta Keep Out of My Face would probably be number one, number two, number three, number four, and number five. Um, but No Rain by Blind Melon, that's that's a really great song. That's one of those songs that the the sound of it and the lyrics of it really um, don't sync up. And it took me a long time to realize that it's kind of a sad song um, if you listen to the lyrics. Um, but it's it's so weird, that juxtaposition that's going on there. And, and those are some of my favorite songs throughout music where you know the, the sound of the music and the lyrics are really, really contradictory. Um, something like today by the smashing pumpkins comes to mind um where if you listen to the listen to the guitar and all of the music parts it really doesn't uh sound like the downer of a song that it is where you know billy was just really 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 fed up with everything and he was struggling with a lot of things and um i think a lot of times songwriters might employ that uh paradox a little bit because i think it can when you get the lyrics, when you actually listen to them, it kind of makes it a little bit more effective. But No Rain, despite its uh, somber subject matter at points, um, definitely makes my list. It's just, it's super upbeat, the the music. And, and, you know, I'm a big lyrics guy, but I think at points you definitely have to listen to the music for the music. Um, you can kind of give yourself a pass on the on the lyrics if you, even if you don't like them or if you just choose not to listen to them with intent. Um other ones that are on my honorable mention list, um, I spoke about it earlier, but Interstate Love Song by the Stone Temple Pilots, um, another song, you know, it's kind of about moving around and everything, but another one just really, really great. Love that slide guitar at the beginning, and, and that's, I think that's one of the underrated riffs of the, you know, the early 1990s is that, you know, that intro riff with the, you know, the bend of the string and, you know, really getting into that song there, um, such a great band that we need to talk about more on the show. Um, Ethan and I do have a Stone Temple Pilots episode coming up shortly. Uh, so if you're a fan of the band, Fear Not is on its way. Um, my final honorable mention would be My Wave by Soundgarden. Um, I tried really hard to think of a Soundgarden song that I really truly enjoyed uh, to put onto a driving list. The problem is, is when I listen to Soundgarden, I want to, you know, run through a brick wall. I don't want to cruise on the highway. Um, you know, so 
I almost put Outshined on here, but I, I think Soundguard is almost a little too intense to be listening to while you're driving, um, unless you're really trying to move away from some shit or you really you really have some shit going on. But My Wave is you know another one of those really really up tempo songs. Um, I just posted it earlier uh, today on on the Instagram page actually, and I I just love the lyricism in there. Uh, Don't come over here, piss on my gate save it just keep it off my wave and you know i think now that i think of it a lot of these songs on this list really uh inhabit that um that frame of mind of like just fuck you i'm doing my own thing you can't stop it you can't interfere with it and i'm not going to change because of you just keep it off of my wave um off of the super unknown album which uh for me is second place to bad motor finger because i think it's impossible to beat the just pure awesomeness of Bad Motor Finger. So those are all of my honorable mentions, and we have discussed positions 10 through 2. So without further ado, we are going to announce my all-time favorite grunge driving song. And this is the Undisputed Champion. It's this song all day, every day. This song can fit pretty much any situation. I believe it is the only... um, This is the only band that has two songs on my list, so... um, the number one spot on this list would be Man in the Box by Alice in Chains. And if you think about this song, it's just got energy. You know, it just, I don't know if this song does not fire you up. Uh, you know, your pulse needs to be checked. Your vital signs need to be checked out um, because I don't think you're alive. Um, but Man in the Box is just, you know, that guitar coming in, it just makes you want to stomp around. It just makes you want to move. Um, and it's just, it's such a great song. The windows are rolled down. Um, you know, I've certainly got some experiences, um, anecdotally, at least back in, um, back in high school, this was, this was always one of the songs that you get the boys together on a Friday or a Saturday, you know, when school's out for the weekend and you blast man in the box, you know, with the windows rolled down, it didn't matter that, you know, you were in your buddies like 2004, Hyundai Sonata that could only go like 75 miles an hour if you tried, uh, which you didn't try because otherwise it would start shaking and, you know, you'd fear that uh, the car would would implode on you. But it didn't matter. You know, this this song can make you feel like you're driving a sports car, you know, down the California coast or wherever. Um, It's just got so much intensity. And, you know, Lane Staley's vocals in this are just stupid good. Um, This is I think every every one of every um musician every singer has a song or two in their repertoire in their discography where they just basically just wanted to show off their vocal abilities um you know i think of the day i tried to live by soundgarden for example or beyond the wheel by soundgarden is just like i'm just going to show off here and and the chorus you know feed my eyes can you show them sew them shut with lane just just pouring his heart and soul into this song is absolutely amazing. Um, and when they asked Lane Staley, you know, what this song is about, um, he really didn't know how to answer that. I, I believe he said that it was about media censorship or something like that. Dot, dot, dot. I don't know. I was stoned. So it probably meant something different then. Um, but you know, with a song like this, with how it sounds, I don't care what it's about. It could be about tiger skin underwear. Um, it could be about blankets. Um, you know, I would not care. 
Um, it just, it's just so good. It's got so much energy. You know, this one makes its way onto every single lifting playlist, every single running playlist, every single driving playlist that I've probably ever made because it's that good. Um, you know, it'll just get you going. It'll get the, get the good moods pumping, especially in the summertime, you roll those windows down, you got the sun beating on the hood of your car, uh, and hopefully you're heading somewhere fun. Um, all of these songs have a special place for me and I will certainly be playing them very frequently as the summer moves on because summer is finally here. Um, and I'm quite excited about that and I hope you are as well. So that'll do it for my list for the top 10 grunge driving songs. As I said, if you were to ask me tomorrow, I would probably have a little bit of a different list. Uh, there are some that are locked in here, like, um, rearview mirror is not going anywhere. Man in the box is not going anywhere. I don't think Backwater's going anywhere. The uh, the brothers meet are here to stay. Um, they will not be making their departure anytime soon. So um, as I said, I would love to hear your uh, your list or your top songs. Um, you know, it's excited. You know, the world is starting to open up a little bit more. So we're spending more time outside. We're maybe traveling a little bit more. So these songs are getting a lot more airplay in the car. And I'm really looking forward to that. So that is my undisputed list, and I'm very thankful that you guys have decided to stick around and listen uh, listen along with me here. If you're interested in supporting this show, uh, you can head over to grungebible.com. As always, we've got some links there for you. Our Patreon page is linked there, which is the most direct way to support this podcast. Um, additionally, we have merchandise for sale. We have all of our streaming links. So whatever, whatever platform you're listening on, please subscribe. Please follow that feed. Leave a review if you would like. Um, if you have other feeds that you don't use but you just have i we'd love it if you could you know subscribe on multiple fronts and love getting the messages keep those emails coming and those dms about the show if you have episode requests or if you have thoughts on the episodes that we've made so far so one more segment as always the song of the week um as i said and as you as you obviously know since you've been listening ethan's not here but i can only assume that his song of the week would be here come the bastards by uh by primus um I just have I just have an inkling that that one's been getting a lot of airplay for him as he as he prepares for this competition uh, out in Eugene, Oregon at the Olympic Trials. Uh, I'm excited next week to have a uh, maybe have a little bit of debrief about how the how the competition went and how it goes. And uh, um, I know uh, he really appreciates all of the messages that we've been getting and that he's been getting uh, from you guys. Uh, so we're really appreciative of it. But yeah, you can you can you can pretty much lock in here come the bastards for Ethan's. Uh, song of the week submission my song of the week submission is by a band from australia and this band is called camp cope and my song of the week is stove lighter by camp coke camp cope and it was off of their 2016 debut eponymous album and probably at this point right now camp cope is my favorite band um they've only released two studio albums and i think their most recent one was probably three years ago so um I'm really hopeful that at some point in the future we get more from them. Uh, but they're a three-piece band, uh, three ladies from Australia. Um, we've got Georgia Mack, lead vocals, and uh, and uh, six-string guitar. And we have Kelly Dawn Helmrich on the bass guitar, and then we have Sarah Thompson on the drums. And I think something that uh, you know draws me to this band is um, Kelly's bass playing, for some reason, is just so distinct and... I love the way that she just moves up and down the neck of the bass. Uh, and if you listen to the song Stove Lighter, um, you will really, really get a good feeling for that. And I've always been impressed and I always have a lot of respect for three piece bands, um, you know, just for the sense that 
you either have to be incredibly, incredibly talented or you have to be very creative. And in this case, they're both. And in a lot of cases, they're both because, you know, you are missing that fourth or even fifth member sometimes. And, you know, even going back to Jimi Hendrix and the band of Gypsies, when, you know, Jimi Hendrix is playing both lead and 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 rhythm guitar. Um, and even with Nirvana, for example, with, with Kurt Cobain filling that role for both. Um, I just think with, you know, three-piece bands, you have so much space to fill with only three people. And I just think the the bass guitar and the drums just have to be that much more cohesive and on top of one another to form that nice battery, uh, you know, to allow whoever's playing guitar and whoever's singing to inhabit the rest of that space. And Camp Cope does such a fantastic job. And I really appreciate a lot of the things that they sing about. They write a, about a lot of really important social issues. Um, and Georgia Mack is just a really, really talented songwriter and she's got a great voice. Um, both in the literal sense and in the figurative sense. So that is my song of the week, Stove Lighter by Camp Cope. Uh, you should definitely check that out. And you should stay tuned for next week, episode 16. Ethan will be back in the studio, um, or in the virtual studio at least. And uh, we will be excited to come to you next week with another great topic. Uh, in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. We're really appreciative, as I said. And we will catch you later on down the trail. So take care and rock and roll. <laughs>